song from Made Kuti that was No More Wars. Welcome to Polyrical, a podcast of political music, a topical solution for the un-American revolution, a soundtrack for the resistors, the agitators, and the fighters working for a better world. If you want to make a recommendation or send me a message, head over to polyrical.com. Find a link to send an email. You'll also find a link to recommend a song, a topic, or an artist for a future episode. And a link there as well to make a donation to keep this podcast free and independent. And the next song did come via a recommendation from the Polyrical.com website. Um, This next track is called Blood on Your Hands. This is by Sabina Shantoria. And this is what Sabina wrote when she submitted this song. My name is Sabina Chantoria. I'm a Swedish Georgian singer and songwriter. I've just released my new song and music video, Blood on Your Hands. The song portrays how ordinary people always pay the highest price in war, in the cruel game of power. 
It's about how time goes by, leaving open wounds and the longing to go back to a place that only lives in the memory. Against the background of the ongoing war in Ukraine, I decided to release the song. Influenced by my own experience of the Russian-Georgian War in 2008. This is Sabina Chantoria, Blood on Your Hands. The streets will soon be empty Everyone has gone in no one wants to be left behind when the soldiers will be here. There And that'll bring us to our topic of the episode. And the topic of this episode is un-American. And when I say it like that, maybe I think I should reverse that and say un-American is the topic of this episode. So it will be 
slightly less confusing. There's a number of different ways you can look at the term un-American and uh, kind of assess its meaning and its history and its current usage. And that's really what I want to primarily focus on is how people throw around the term un-American these days when referring to various things that are very, very American. But I don't want to miss the opportunity to talk about un-American in the sense of how it drastically and dramatically impacted the politics of the United States in the 1950s and 60s when the House Un-American Activities Committee was operating, was blacklisting, was singling out um, artists and politicians and all kinds of folks in different trades, unionists, and considering them un-American or their activities un-American. That whole episode in U.S. history with the uh, House Un-American Activities Committee really shifted the dialogue and really stunted the potential of economic systems such as socialism and communism from having any potential success and even any foothold in the United States. The way that the politicians think of and speak about socialism and communism today in 2022 is still largely governed by the Un-American Activities Committee and other similar propaganda at the time that denigrated socialism and communism quite, quite effectively. And the, the Republican Party, for the most part, but even a good chunk of the Democratic Party, still to this day um, deride the use of the term socialism. You can see that just in Bernie Sanders' run for president. Um, so I didn't want to leave that out of the the topic, this episode of Un-American. Um, but what I really want to talk about more is how people throw around the term un-American in various um, attacks or dissent or responses to things that other folks say or other folks do now um, that they dislike, that they find distasteful. They claim that it is un-American. And almost invariably, those things that they deride and uh, attack are things that were foundational pieces of our history. If not foundational pieces, they were just very commonly occurring things within American history. So to call them un-American is just having this false understanding of the reality of America. So we'll get there. But before we get there, let's hear some music. First up is a track from the album, the album of un-American activities. This album is by The Strums, and this song is Militarize the Police.
just remember it's a private interest that they all serve. Of the rich old white men chomping down on our dares. And when they start dragging you right out of your home, well, you realize you're a lot better off without them. You better have
And that was Cletus Gut shot with the title track to their album, Un-American. So the way a lot of folks use the term un-American, especially in social media, is they use it to describe something that they don't like, something that they are against, something that they may feel is against this idealized version, this propagandized version of what America quote-unquote stands for, and they throw out the, the, the term un-American. That is un-American. So many times they are describing something that is part of our history, something deeply embedded in our history, but something that, you know, is not a featured part of our teaching of history in our education system. I should say in our schooling system. Education is much broader than school, and our schools do a very poor job of teaching history. They do a pretty darn good job of indoctrination, um, but do a very poor job of teaching history to the level that will allow for an informed and um, thoughtful community of citizens with critical thinking skills. That's, that's what is lacking in a lot of schooling these days. And mostly the Republicans, mostly in states where they dominate, are making things worse. They're passing laws to even further restrict the teaching of our real history. So that's a huge problem. So it's understandable that people too often will come to this term un-American and use it in relation to the propaganda, use it in relation to what they have been taught and told that America is, was, and shall forever be. For example, kids in cages, the whole big debate when Trump was in office, the debate that was less visible when Obama was in office, doing many of the very same things. But when the Obama and Trump and Biden administrations are separating children from their families at the border or taking children who have traveled to the U.S., fled to the U.S. without their families, putting them in cages, treating them in certain ways, a lot of people decried that as un-American. Kids in cages is un-American. Separating children from their families is our history. It is genocide. It is one of the definitions, part of the definition of genocide is taking the children from one group and giving those children to another group. And to call this un-American is to just not understand our history. This is something that we did throughout our history. In particular, the, the biggest Probably the biggest example of this in American history is residential schools for the Native American population, for all of the First Nations peoples who we destroyed by genocide. And and I don't wanna I don't wanna give the impression that that I believe by saying that we destroyed them by genocide that they are gone. They survived genocide and they are out there sometimes struggling, sometimes thriving today within the borders of the United States. But it, it's, it's a major part of our history that we took children away from their parents. We put them into residential schools. We shipped them far distances away. This is after the displacement and, and murder of many, many indigenous people in North America. But we took the children away. We shipped them away. We didn't allow them to speak their language. We didn't allow them to follow any of their traditions. We didn't teach them any of their traditions. We taught them, for the most part, those facilities were Christian-based, and they were forced into Christianity. Um, so fundamental 
extraordinarily important part of American history to understand that that is our history. So taking children from their parents of immigrants is not un-American. It's an American tradition. It ought not to be, never should have been, but we can't erase that reality. Another thing that people often will call un-American these days is blocking or restricting American citizens from voting. That's un-American to not allow someone to vote. That's, that's laughable if you know our history. When the United States of America was founded, only a small portion of the citizens of the residents in the nation were allowed to vote. Only wealthy white men were allowed to vote. Enslaved Africans were not allowed to vote. Women were not allowed to vote. Native American nations were not allowed to vote. Immigrants, recent immigrants, were not allowed to vote. It was a very, very narrow group of folks who were allowed to vote. The fact that other groups earned the right, I don't know if earned is even the right term, gained the right to vote was because they fought long and hard battles to get the system changed and the laws changed to allow them to vote. So again, blocking or restricting or denying Americans their voting rights, that's an American tradition, huge American tradition. That should not be a secret to anyone. It is not un-American to try to prevent folks from voting. And there's folks today that get denied uh, their right to vote all the time or get their their ability to vote heavily reduced and restricted due to how the electoral systems and structures are set up. You know, waiting in line for many, many hours to cast a vote is not something that should be happening in the United States of America. So I say all this just to just to point out when you hear someone say something is un-American or when you might be tempted yourself to use the term un-American, think hard about what you're calling un-American and what the reality of American history is. From the album 2021, this is Matthew Gonsiorek with Nazi Lives Don't Matter.
I never thought about the universe, it made me feel small Never thought about the problems of this planet at all Global woman, radioactive sites, imperialistic wrongs, and animal rights no! Life is so good Why up with an M when there's always a could Let the whales worry about the poisons in the sea Outside of California, it's foreign policy I don't want changes, I have no reactions Your dilemmas are my distractions That's the way to go, Frank, no one Franco one American I never looked around, never sent a gift, then I read some hours in, now I'm always depressed, and now I can't sleep from years of apathy, all because I read a little gum chomsky. I'm eating vegetation as a fast food. I wear a couple shoes cause of globalization I'm watching Michael Moore expose the awful truth I'm listening to public enemy and Reagan youth I see no world peace cause of zealous armed forces I eat no breath cause I'm from the hooked horses Now I can't believe what an absolute failure The president's laughing cause he voted for NATO No way to go, Franco, un-American No way to go, Franco, un-American Where can we go, Franco, un-American I wanna move north and be a Canadian Or hang down low with the nice Australians I don't wanna be another I don't care again What are we gonna do, Franco, Franco, un-American And that was No FX with Franco, un-American From the album The War on Errorism. Here are a few words from Utah Phillips from the album I've Got to Know. This is Sedition. In 1920, a number of industrial unionists were on trial in Winnipeg, Canada, after the Winnipeg General Strike. This poem was written in those times by Edmund Vance Cook. It's called Sedition. You cannot salt the eagle's tail, nor limit thought's dominion. You cannot put ideas in jail. You can't deport opinion. If any cause be dross and lies, then drag it to the light. Out in the sunshine, evil dies, but fattens on the night. You cannot make a truth untrue by dint of legal fiction. You cannot prison human view. You can't convict conviction. For though by thumbscrews and by rack, by exile and by prison, truth has been crushed and palled in black, yet truth has always risen. You cannot quell a vicious thought except that thought be free. Gag it, and you'll find it taught on every land and sea. Truth asks no favor for her blade upon the field with error, nor are her converts ever made by threat of force and terror. You cannot salt the eagle's tail, nor limit thought's dominion. You can't put ideas in jail. You can't deport opinion. And that'll bring us to our artist of the episode. The artist of the episode for this episode is Jimmy Cliff. Here's a little bit of a piece on Jimmy Cliff from Dulce Vita Online, written by Neil McCormick. Jimmy Cliff had his first hit in Jamaica in 1962 aged just 14, after walking into a record store and singing a song to producer Leslie Kong. The way I grew up, it was a big family, so I had to start working early. My father was a tailor. The rest of my family were farmers. I just know singing was what I wanted, and I went to do it. Blackwell identified Cliff's potential and brought him to London in 1965. Although it took a few years to break through, a starring role as Jamaican outlaw Ivanhoe Martin in cult movie The Harder They Come in 1972 made Cliff Reggae's first international star. 
It was the first time for all of us to make a movie in Jamaica, recalls Cliff. I think we captured a period on the earth, a guy coming to the big city, thinking he could make it, a rebel, kind of a freedom fighter. It was the spirit of that time. Cliff split from Island Records in the 70s when they signed his friend Bob Marley. His career has followed a somewhat wayward path since then, with diversions into soul, gospel, and even electro music. The hits dried up, but he still performs hundreds of shows a year. Quote, They say video killed the radio star, but me, I say computer killed them all. The only thing you cannot destroy is live performance. You can record it on your phone. You can watch it on your screen. But there is nothing like seeing the artist in the flesh. And here's a brief bit from an interview published at unitedreggae.com, and we'll have more from this interview later. Would you have been even more successful if you were less creative and had stuck to one musical genre? Ah, that's a very good question, a very good question, but I hardly think so. Why? Because as an artist, I'm a creator, a creative artist. I couldn't be anything different. I'm an innovator. I always like to innovate. I can't continue doing the same thing all the time. I like to be a bit different, and I must be true to myself. From the album Follow My Mind, here is Jimmy Cliff with Remake the World.
Upside Down from the album Rebirth. Here's a little bit more from that interview published at unitedreggae.com by Gerard McMahon. What upsets you most in life? I have this thing inside me for justice. I want justice. I seek justice in life. I don't know where I get it from. Maybe it comes from my family growing up. They were a kind of Christian people. My father was a good Christian, but apart from his religious inclination, he was really a just man. I think if he had only been a religious man, he would still have been a just man. And so I think I'm made up of 33 and a third degrees of my father, 33 and a third degrees of my mother, and 33 and a third degrees of myself. That's how the genealogy works. Would you describe yourself as a religious man nowadays? No, no, not at all. I was a very good religious man. Yes, I was, but I've outgrown that school long ago, a long time ago. Yes, it's about getting to know oneself. The key question is, who am I? I was searching for meaning and I went through all the religions. And when I say all, I mean them all. I became part of the nation of Islam for a while. And I even went to India and spent time in the ashrams. And I studied Shaolin Kung Fu with two different teachers. Yes, sir, I went through them all. But now I know that my way is the way of my ancestors from Africa. And you're still a very spiritual man? Oh, I'm still very spiritual. Yes. Do you have a favorite politician? Basically, I don't like politics, you know. I'm a bit politically inclined, but not to participate in party politics. In my songs, I address social or political issues, and I've always had a global outlook, staying tuned in to what's going on in the world as far back as the Vietnam War. So it's difficult for me to pick out one politician because I can pick out some things from a particular one and say some things about them. Do you have a least favorite politician? No, that's a difficult one to answer. Pass. I'm not a supporter of politics and I don't support any politician. I just believe in right and wrong. I'm from the lower class of society and I support them rather than the upper class. You see, when I was growing up, I lived in a corner of my aunt and uncle's one-room shack and was so poor that I couldn't even afford long pants. Because it takes less fabric to make short trousers. That's what I got. But at school, they laughed at me for still wearing short trousers. Do you have any view on the British Conservative Party's use of your song, You Can Get It If You Really Want, without asking for your permission? Well, the British Prime Minister at the time, what's his name? Oh yes, David Cameron. He came to Jamaica and he did something I didn't like. So I said to him, don't use my song. When he came to Jamaica, they were putting him to the idea of reparation to compensate Jamaicans for Britain's role in the slave trade. And he said, oh, that's a long time ago. And that is so wrong. It's so wrong. So wrong. 
and indeed it is so wrong. There are lots of folks around the world that deserve reparations from former and current empires and the, uh, the destruction that those folks faced in various different ways. They want justice. They need justice. They deserve justice. We're going to listen to a song by Jimmy Cliff called We Want Justice in a couple minutes. But first, uh, that song and this song are both from Jimmy Cliff's newest album. This album is called Refugees, and this is the title track, Refugees, featuring Wyclef Jean. Listen, I'm a Fuji that's a refugee. My family pedaled through the seas. Made it through day, but the night is calling. Load on their back like when camels walking. We gon' make it through the odds. Every day that we live as blessing in disguise. Do unto others as you would have done unto you. Listen, that's just a word from the wise. We live for the faith, but we doubting the truth. Cause the proof only show that you care about you, about us. If you really do, give us a sign. We got women and children at the borderline. Jimmy Cliff told me there's many rivers to cross. Came to help them recover the cause. They said that Jesus Christ went to Egypt for refuge. They said the Israelites
achieved through violence. Because the next generation will always want revenge. Peace can only be achieved through love. And wrapping up our artist of the episode, focus on Jimmy Cliff. Once again, that song was also from the brand new album, Refugees. That was We Want Justice featuring Dwight Richards. Next up is a song from Taina Asili. We featured Taina Asili back on a previous episode and, and featured her more recent um, track, Abolition, a little while back. This is another track in collaboration with the Social Justice Portal Project. Tina Seeley is the artist in residence for 2021 and 2022, where she's releasing a three-part series of music and film uh, based on the Portal Project themes of abolition, climate justice, and economic democracy. This song is based on climate justice. This song is called Nature from the... uh, website sjiportalproject.com. Nature is a musical manifesto for the climate justice movement, lifting up the urgency of the work necessary in order to protect our planet. The song invites listeners into the work of moving away from the extraction economies and towards climate solutions that are led by the powerful work of frontline communities. Here is Taina Asili with Nature. Dependence of every species, the right to self-determination we affirm, the right to every living being free of harm, detoxification of water and of land, ethical use of our resources we demand, to live in balance with nature.
And that'll just about wrap up this episode of Polyrical. Remember, you can follow uh, Polyrical on Twitter at Polyrical. You can find all of the back episodes of Polyrical at Polyrical.com. You can also listen to this and all my podcasts playing 24-7 at MovingTrainRadio.com. Here is Grace Petrie from the album Mark My Words. This is Rise. Thanks for listening. Can we meet your blood with kindness? Can we meet your hate with love? Can we keep our years of silence as you crush us from above? As the judgment day draws closer, as the reckoning draws near, there's plenty more of us than you hear. And mark my words, we will rise. And mark my words, we skies among my words we will rise can we meet your blood with kindness can we meet your hate with love can we keep our years of silence as you crush us from above as the judgment day draws closer as the reckoning draws near there's plenty more of us than you hear and mark my words We will rise, mark my words, we will rise, spread our wings like birds and rain down from the skies, mark my words, we will rise. As you crush us from above. There's plenty more of us than you hear And mark my words, we will rise Mark my words, we will rise Spread our wings like birds And rain down from the skies Mark my words, we will Mark my